Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. And I'm arts and culture editor, Ashley Steves. So Ashley and I were absolutely welcomed by a slew of, of news stories today. We were My thrilled. goodness. And a lot of it, I noticed, came over the weekend. So it was like mm-hmm. there was so much news. I was out of town, so I certainly wasn't paying attention to anything. Um, but we had a lot of random big things happen over the weekend, which is kind of a rare occurrence. It's a rare occurrence. So the thing that we're most excited to talk about, which is the, what our what we feel is the top news story of the day, <laughs> um, is that American Theater Magazine has released its top produced playwrights of the year. And we're pleased as punch to see so many women uh, in the a top living miracle. categories. Yeah. yeah. Tippy tops. Because Friend, a friend of the pod, Lauren Gunderson, um, coming in hot on there for the second time. But Lynn Nottage, with her brand new Clyde's comedy, topped the top 10 most produced plays list. And um, again, her Pulitzer winning Sweat is in the same uh, category as well. But like, that's pretty big. Um, The top 20 most produced playwrights, she tied with uh, Lauren Gunderson with 24 productions each. This is Lauren Gunderson's second time in the top most produced playwrights list. But that yeah. also means that so many of her co-writes are also in this list because she's a genius and like knows how yeah. to collaborate. Still hasn't so, been on Broadway, but uh, gets yet. her plays produced everywhere and for great reason. Like, I what are we like doing? One of her musicals is going to come to Broadway before so. maybe one of the plays, but they're so. all incredible works. So I hope yeah. so as well. Yeah. Um, so the top 10 most produced plays of 2022 to 2023 uh, include Clyde's at number one with 11 productions, Chicken and Biscuits by Douglas Lyons with eight yeah. productions. Now, Just had the that. reason this is incredible, because as you know, this show at Circle in the Square, unfortunately, did not reach its maximum financial yeah. potential on Broadway. And it was really upsetting. But knowing that this show is having a second life as the second most produced play of this coming year is kind of, uh, it's very heroic and exciting. And, yeah. I, and I love to see that. And the third is Clue. Um, then you've got Once, Sweat, again, Lynn Nottage. And then number six, The Chinese Lady by Lloyd Su. Yeah. Six productions going on uh, in the US. And I just want to say that like, it going on, you know, for the past like 2020 all the way to 2022, it kind of having it's like off Broadway, Mayu Theater Company, the public theater, all that stuff. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of big. So I'm, I'm thrilled for them. And then Fairview at number seven, oh, Into yeah. the Woods, Lifespan of a Fact at number nine, Little Shop of Horrors, 10, 11, Native Gardens, The Play That Goes Wrong. Steel Magnolias, then Trouble in Mind, because all of those had six productions and yeah. they all kind of tied. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, keep it simple. I Pretty love great this. list. Pretty great list. I know when we were talking about Clyde's, however many months ago, I think like yeah. nine or ten at this point, talking about how, you know, how much we loved it, but also what a an easy show to mount this would be in mm-hmm. regional theaters and on tour. And it's so great to see it immediately atop this list because new play on Broadway and bam, already leading the list for the most produced. And of course, you know, Lynn Nottage having sweat on there as well. Um, doubly amazing. In fact, and, and you know, the top two shows are, you know, with, Clyde's and Chicken and Biscuits primarily cast with people of color. So all these great things. Yeah, we've got 
three women in the top five of the top 20 three most produced playwrights. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn Nottage, Lauren Gunderson, Dominique Marceau. Like that's huge. And yeah. then that also includes August Wilson and Matthew Lopez. So you've got women and people of color. That's the list yeah. and of the top, top five. It, yeah. And it's, you know, extremely relieving when we always have these conversations about, you know, it's definitely getting better, but how often uh, Broadway specifically is willing to take chance on female playwrights, especially female yeah. playwrights of color. And then to see this most produced list come out every year. And that's you know, top five, top 10 dominated. Yeah. Alice Childress, Lauren Yee, like yeah, there's Jackie a Drury. lot happening. Yeah. It's just. Mm, <sighs> chef's kiss. Chef's chef's kiss. kiss. So we love reading those lists. And of course they, they gather this, you know, the, the most produced, we don't even know what's going on in the community spaces. Right. So yeah. <laughs> this is, this could, this list could look very different if we were to gauge those, which I'm very curious about. Um, I don't know how to find that. Always, out, but, oh, yeah. I know. Out. Someone needs to deep dive and get us that list. Because I think that, that genuinely like where the community theater and high school productions live, like that's the birthplace of Absolutely. where our new playwrights and new actors and new crew Absolutely. members are coming from. So I'm like, what are you guys doing? What yeah. are you doing? And so much of that is dominated by, you know, especially <laughs> when you talk about high schools. And I grew up in an incredibly white area and an incredibly white high school. So what shows those are putting on are going to look different in different places of the country. And therefore, as you said, kind of contribute or not even kind of very much contribute to what future playwriting and theater going for that matter looks like. Listen, I'll tell you. High schools will do an all-white production of The King and I. Of course and I've they seen will. It of in course recent they time. will. Of course. I mean, there's not much thought going on there sometimes. Butts and seats, as they say. Butts and seats. Out. Butts and seats. Uh, Is it a recognizable name? Well, we're, we're going to do it no oh. matter what. Yeah, that say that. Um, so let's let's jump off Broadway. Uh, so in off Broadway news, the New York City Center Encore's production of The Light in the Piazza has now been postponed to a, a scheduling conflict with their star. Methinks, um, mm -hmm. so it will now play June twenty first through the twenty fifth of next year. It was previously scheduled for February, right? right? As we know, this stars King and I Tony winner Ruthie Ann Miles. Thank goodness. Yes, this means some rumors are true. I, I mean, so. which rumors are those? Uh, you know, here's the thing. Mm. Ruthie and Miles, you know, presenting on the Tony Awards with, um, I believe, uh, another co-star from her past, mm -hmm. uh, from, a, from a certain show <laughs> off Broadway. Yeah. Um, guys, that's a strategy. Incredibly like, this curious. Yeah. I, literally, I immediately texted, I think I texted you all, and I said, okay, so that's coming, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, there's no reason for this to be a random it, plug. It was the Tony's version of the obviousness of the Leah Michelle, uh, you know, apology tour that she was coming back to Broadway. And what does that mean here for Ruthie Ann Miles? Conrad Rickamore, what are you doing right now? Mm, that's what I want to know. That's always the question. <laughs> that is always the question. Well, be on the lookout for that. You know, like I, I literally, 
yeah, where in the world is kind of like I I don't have any insight on this, so that's why I'm able to speak freely because I didn't sign anything on <laughs> yeah. this. But um, I am excited no for whatever down. that means. Yeah, and I adore her. And no matter what, Very we're still so. getting her in the light in the piazza. So that's all that really matters. Yes, yes. Anything else is a win, and it would be a very big win. Yeah. So speaking of big wins for Ashley and I, we have more yeah. information about the year of magical thinking during their site-specific off-Broadway revival of Joan Didion's famous work, also the book, mm-hmm. like mm, Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starring Kathleen um, Chalfont, and it will run October 19th through November 20th with an opening night on November 2nd. So here's why this is important. We knew that this was going to be a site-specific staged community yeah. space across NYC thing. Just like Joan Didion is New York, so is this piece. They are going yes. all over starting in October. They've got a living room in Prospect Hikes, um, a living room in <laughs> Ditmas Park, um, Kensington, Borum Hill, Upper East Side. Like these, uh, she is it. not going to get used to any one place. No, 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 and no. I have to be there. So Same. co-signed. I want to go to someone's living room. Damn. Yeah. Invite me in immediately. This is very much like the site specific baby we just had, what, last yes. year at this Out point? Of the box theatrics? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So I love things like this. I love non, you know, non site specific places or non site specific shows and having that change of location. Cause so often, I mean, as they say, the set is a character in and of itself. So when it's I've been doing specific work for years because <laughs> yeah. I can't afford a venue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little different. Yeah. Um, also you can do stand up anywhere. As it's long true. as you can stand up. As long and as even I was if you just don't about to say it. Even it's not even like an able thing. Required. Like you, yeah. you can just simply do whatever you need to do with a microphone. So there exactly. you go. Um New and some casting news. This is interesting for me. I did giggle, even though this is not a laughing matter. Um, so Johnny Birchhold, um, I believe that's how you say his name. I did look into that, um, is joining the cast of the off-Broadway production of Best Wolves Camp Siegfried. He replaces the previously announced Sawyer Barth, who just has scheduling conflicts. No big deal. Nothing, nothing like crazy. Um, but Camp Siegfried opens uh, or begins October 26th with an opening night of November 15th. The reason I say this is funny is that I am obsessed with Johnny's like Instagram and Twitter presence. Oh. I don't know if you know who this guy is. No, not really. He is he is a comedian. Like he is so funny. He does all of these sketches and like videos of like guy who just showed up in a horror movie. Amazing. And like he does he like makes fun of actor acting, which he, he <gasps> I is. I feel like we've talked yes. about him before. Because yes, now, now this incredible. is ringing a bell. Okay. I still, and last yeah. time I said I would check him out, it still hasn't happened. So now the, my word has to be held to me, I guess. But also he and his partner are obsessed with horror films. Like Love again, I'm obsessed with their content. And so it makes sense that he was chosen specifically for, yeah. not that this Best Wolves work is, is horror specific, but to say that there's like an eerie undertone. I was just, yeah, to the exactly. Play. Always. From, from what we've gotten, I think this is a brilliant choice and I actually love this casting. So I'm excited to see him, is the point. I'm excited. Um, yeah. I'm excited for anything that Bestwell wants to put on. You and I were kind of talking about this before we started recording and I don't really have much to say about it on air, but no. I'm, I'm curious based on the synopsis of this one. I don't know. Usually when I read a synopsis for a best show, I'm completely on board. My ticket is bought or my press request is in. Um, I'm tentative. Let me say that. I'm very tentative. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Uh, yes. So um, let's, let's, let's break away from and that. And that's so, what Grace has to say on the matter. 
Yeah, I'm perplexed. Mm. Uh, there's like a theme going on, I feel, in off-Broadway plays right now yeah. where I'm like, well, why are we doing that subject? This, this um, at this time. Yeah, so I'm curious. So we're now going to shift gears into the Breaking the Binary Festival. Um, so, yes. theater festival. so this features like seven new works by trans non-binary and two spirit identifying people, along with any artist who does not identify within the male and female binary. Uh, we talked about this before. They will perform off-Broadway at Theater Row October 10th through the 16th. Each night is going to be a different show. So I'm just going to kind of give you a little a little bit about each one and some casting please news. Uh, but there are tons. So please, please, please check that out in our um, show notes. So Ty Defoe's Trans World will star B Norwood, who I just saw in American televisions. If you listen to the show yesterday, you'll know that B stopped me on the street to tell me to go eat this specific vegan chocolate. And then I ended up telling them how incredible they were in the play. <laughs> I just seen. Um, so that was kind of funny. But um, maybe Burke is also starring MJ Rawls and more Liliana Padilla's Twitch features Jojo Brown, who I am also obsessed with. You'd seen that her on Billions. Um, She's just a really phenomenal actor. So I watch out, watch out for Jojo. And then um, it's the series closes on October 16th with overheard 15 commission monologues written by TNB. 2s plus artists for tnb2s plus artists directed by strange loop tony nominee l morgan lee yes. so i love the way they're wrapping this up i i just love everything about this so please check that out if you have the ability oh, to go trying. to off broadway's theater row yeah absolutely trying to get there this is obviously right up my alley yeah it, and then uh, <laughs> right right down my alley i Yes, over in London, where I live. London town, yeah. London town. Um, the Minier Chocolate Factory has announced it's finally going to reopen after seven months of seven closure. Months, seven They're months of renovations. They're going to reopen with Johnson's sex party, baby. That's how you open things back up, for sure. Yeah, they've been Wide doing open. some... Re- <laughs> Indeed. They've been doing some refurbishments for the past seven months, so glad that they're back up, because love, love, love. So this is Kukuluku. After six decades of not being out in the world, Columbia Records and Legacy Recordings, a division of Sony, mm-hmm. will finally release Barbara Streisand live at the Bonsoir. Yes. Um, digitally and on CD physical November 4th. So Good. the reason this is kind of cuckoo is that unreleased for six decades, they recorded this November 4th fourth through the sixth in 1962 at the Greenwich Village nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> this is the earliest live recording of Streisand. Yeah. Isn't that an kind of record deal with isn't Columbia? That incredible. So, yeah. so cool. Yeah. Rest in peace, the Bone Soir, which was uh, 8th Street, I believe, in the 50s and 60s. And then this was 1961 and 62 is when this recording was, which is so, so cool. <laughs> I, yeah. lo- I love unearthed things like this. It kind of, so it captures her in a very specific time in her life, obviously, the year she yeah. made her Broadway debut in. I can get it for you wholesale. Yeah. But it was two years before Funny Girl. So you're going to hear Michelle a very effect. specific she time. Cut her out, clearly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why did you bring her into this at I, all? I mean, everyone else did first. I'm just jumping on. So I think it's amazing that like the Barbra Streisand album, which came out in 63, was all studio versions of the 11 songs from the nightclub show that she did. Yeah. But they said, hey, we're just going to shelve this for now, even though it's supposed to be her debut album. Well, now, 60 years later, it's finally coming out. Re- like, mm. truly, um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow fellas. Yeah, exciting. 
So in some events news, One Night Only is a concert event planned for one October 1st only. at 5 p.m. One Night Only. One Night. Oh, that's that's all I can do. There you go. Um, so this is in connection with Playville, the Broadway League, and Times Square Alliance's Curtain Up Broadway Festival sp- sponsored by Prudential Financial. Uh, they will. Uh, here's the thing. It's benefiting the, the entertainment community fund. Mm-hmm. Which we love to see and support. Always. It will be in Times Square. It will be live streamed on Playbill.com. So you at home can still watch and listen. The Thank donations goodness. will uh, please, please, please donate if you are watching live stream or if you are in person. But the event will be hosted by Natalie Joy Johnson over at Kinky Boots um, with appearances by you got to get ready for this. Anne Harada, yes. Antoine Harper, Hopper, Bobby Conti, Carolee Carmelo, Christine Dwyer, Chris Sieber, Corey Mock, Jenna Claire Mason, Jared Spector, Javier Ignacio, Jay Armstrong Johnson, uh, Jelani Remy, uh, Jessica Hendy, Kelly Barrett, like it doesn't Tino Fontana, Jim Hogan, Brandon Jacob Smith, Liam Fennick, like I just okay. So yeah. Jim um, Hogan, Mary Kate Morrissey, damn good lineup. Yeah. So finally, um, we kind of called it. Uh, the lawsuit between Netflix and Barlow and Bears, the official, the unofficial Bridgerton musical has now been dropped. So Netflix has settled its <laughs> copyright lawsuit brought against the unofficial Bridgerton musical writers, Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear. According to Variety, I guess, Netflix sanctioned the album, but not the live for-profit concerts. Netflix also alleged that it had attempted to officially license the story and characters to Barlow and Bear, but they were rejected prior to the concerts. Interesting. But- but they're dropping. I mean, I think that this was just a, hey, you can't do that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. if Season other people do issue. this, but they did, but they did do that. And then they're yeah, like, yeah. nah. But I think that this also sends a message to anybody trying to like do this in the future. Like you can't Definitely. go about it that way. Like th- Stranger Things right yes. now did it, did it the right way. Yeah, I think this is the best possible outcome for all parties where nobody's name is tarnished, nobody's work is tarnished, everybody gets paid fairly for the work that they've done. Um, and, you know, property remains where it should be. There you are. And then finally, I guess this is a recommendation for you to like, Think, think on about this. Yeah. Think on this. Think and on I, this. And don't think too hard. Consider the uh, following. Consider this. Harvey Firestein thinks that Harry Styles would make a perfect, 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 um, I guess, adaptation, um, mm-hmm. if you will, for Kinky Boots. He yeah. wants he wants to do it. And then he also thinks that Bruno Mars should star as Lola opposite him as Charlie. Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted on this. So this was a New York Poster page six thing they were talking about um if they were to do kinky boots the movie musical version it would be harry styles and bruno mars i hate the bruno mars thought really (laughs) i look i love bruno mars i just think if we're gonna do kinky boots and you're gonna cast lola first of all i would like someone i honestly some queer billy, representation yeah first of all queer represent, representation but also just let billy do it again who cares uh yeah who cares that's what everyone wants to see anyway you put harry styles and it's gonna get made but why it that's part of it too is billy porter has blown up 
so huge in recent years, thankfully, because of Pose, and has become mm-hmm. this icon and is now an A-lister. Why would you not do Kinky Boots with it as long as he wants to do it? And yeah, maybe age stuff, whatever. But it's still role preservation, which is my favorite thing in the universe. It's going to get made with Billy Porter. You put Harry Styles in it. It's going to be the movie of the year. <laughs> Like, don't worry, don't worry, darling. I can't escape any news about it in any context. Well, I'll say this. Bruno Mars grew up as an Elvis impersonator. He was an Elvis impersonator, yeah. Knows how to use his feet. Knows how to dance. It's true. Knows how to sing. It's true. Um, He's not, Harvey's not off here, but I I fully hear and support you. I just think this is a funny, like, soundbite of, like, Hey, let's check in. You know what else yeah. Harry Styles should do? Also this. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? Sure, say it all. Say it all. Yeah, I don't care. Let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. Ruling the world, that one. Uh, remake of Star is Born again. Do it again. Oh, my God. Right now. With Olivia Same Wilde cast. opposite somehow. No, mm. it's, <laughs> it's it's our Florence Pugh. And on that note, Pugh. thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And you can find me on all social media platforms at its grace aki ashley where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at no this is ashley thank you all so much we will see you tomorrow 